Well, good morning. Glad to see that everyone uh, is still here after all the snow, and glad to see everybody after all the Christmas holidays. I hope that you had a great Christmas holiday and that everybody got everything they wanted. Nobody got lumps of coal in their stockings or anything like that, but I'm so glad that you're here today. This is a great day to be at church, man. Let me tell you, I'm so excited about the response of first service, so you guys got a lot to live up to, and uh, no pressure there. (laughs) <laughs> no, everybody was just so excited because we're going to talk today about some really exciting things, and I'm so glad to get to share this with you. And I'm also very excited that in just a few days, it'll mark a year since my wife and I have lived here and since we've been your pastors. And let me tell you, it's just been an honor and a privilege this past year to be the pastor of this church. It's just been absolutely awesome. hard to believe that a year's gone by that quickly, and for some of you, it may feel like, you know, I've been here forever, Uh, in a good way, right? I mean, come on, but we're going to, when I came here as as a candidate uh, early in December of 2011, I preached a message called Clearly Moving Forward, and I'm going to use that same title this morning. It's not the same message. I didn't cheat. Um, but it's, it's the same title and, uh, because I just thought it's just so significant of where we're at in, uh, as a church, where we're at as Christians, what God is doing, and we want to talk about clearly moving forward this morning because we're wrapping up 2012, about to move into 2013, and here's what I believe. I believe that the best is truly yet to come. Do you believe that? You see, we have experienced some great things here at Word of Grace, and there have been some awesome stories that have come out of what God has done this year. But as we look ahead to what God has in store, we need to be able to clearly see where we're going because we want our steps to be ordered by the Lord. Amen? Amen. You see, here's the deal. A lot of times when things are going well in our lives or even in our church, it doesn't matter. When things are going well, oftentimes the temptation is there to go, oh man, aren't we smart? That's the temptation. And what you begin to do during that time is you begin to depend on yourself and you begin to depend on the fact that you think that you somehow put all of this together and somehow you're pretty slick. And you go, well, I'll tell you what. And what happens during that time is that we we lose our dependence on God because we don't think we need God because we think, God, I got this. God, I got this handled. I got this taken care of. And so we don't depend on him. We wait for crisis to happen or we wait till there's no other option. There's nowhere else to turn. And then we'll depend on God because he's all we have left. Folks, he's all we've ever had. He's all we've ever had to depend on. And if we start out this new year understanding that, that what we've seen in our lives, what we've seen in our church is not because we're so awesome, but it's because we're clearly moving forward, connected and aligned with what God has for us, with his purpose, with his plans, then we'll continue to move step in step with what he has in store for us. Amen, somebody? So if you have your Bible this morning, you can flip over there with me to the book of Proverbs and the third chapter. I want to read a couple of scriptures here that are very familiar to you probably. But Proverbs 3 and verse 5 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. For us to clearly move forward, folks, we have to trust in God. We've got to trust in God. We can't trust in ourselves. We can't trust in our accomplishments, our achievements, or our skill sets. We can't trust in anything other than God if we want to clearly move forward the way he wants us to and and be able to achieve the things that he wants us to achieve. Because here's the deal. If we start depending on ourselves, he'll let us. He will. We can go and depend on ourselves and trust in ourselves And he will let us, but guess what will happen? We'll get our results. We'll get the results of our own labor, of our own toil, uh, and and we'll get exactly what it is that we were after on our own efforts. But if I want God's results, I need to start trusting in him and doing things his way and not just doing it my way. That may mean that there's a good idea, but it may not be God's idea. That may mean that there's a lot of good things we could be doing, but... I want us to not look at good things we could be doing. Let's look at what God says we need to be doing. Amen? That means if it was done a certain way before, or if I have this great idea, or if we have this great thought or great intention, it may be a wonderful thing to implement, but is it God's? Is it God's timing? Is it God's will? Is it His desire? I want to make sure that my life, and I want to make sure that our church is in line and in step with what God desires for us to do. Amen? 
And not just simply the fact that we have a good idea or we have a good uh, thing. Because, there, man, there's so many uh, organizations doing a lot of good things, and we could be doing a lot of good things. But let me tell you, folks, I would rather be doing the right things that God has for us. Because the Bible says in Matthew 6 and 33 that if I focus on what he says is important, if I'll seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, that he's going to take care of the rest. That's what the word of God says. That if we seek his kingdom first. That means we're trusting in God's ideas. We're not trusting in our own. We're trusting that he's going to guide us and lead us. We're trusting that that's where we want to be. You see, that doesn't mean that we've been perfect as a church. That doesn't mean that I've been perfect as a pastor. I know. You guys just can't believe it. (laughs) It wasn't a joke. (laughs) We haven't been perfect. But guess what, folks? There's not a church out there that is perfect. You know, there's not... Uh, There's no Christian that's perfect. Can I get an amen, somebody? See, the only thing perfect about us is Jesus. That's it. The only thing perfect about us is Jesus. So I'm going to rest in the fact that Jesus is perfect and that I'm going to grow and walk with him and I'm going to work in my life and live in my life to try to become more like him. Amen? I'm going to look at him as my example. So I want you to understand that the only thing perfect about us is Jesus. That's why we depend on him. That's why we don't depend on ourselves. And because of us depending on Christ, that's what I want us to think about moving forward, depending on Him, looking to Him for direction. And I want to share with you some very exciting things that have happened in 2012 that you may or may not be aware of that I think us as a church need to hear that we need to know so as we move forward, we can celebrate what God has done and look forward to what He's going to do. So I'm going to give you a few things here this morning. Um, In 2012, every single giving record at Word of Grace has been broken three times this year. Three times. Trace. Three times. So thank you so much for your faithfulness to God. Thank you so much for your faithfulness to our church. And I want you to understand that, that, you know, what we do here, you know, it, it takes finances to do what we do. But you're not giving because you want to just see that money go to our church. You're giving first and foremost to God. Because giving is what kind of an issue? It's a heart issue. Giving is a heart issue. You have to understand that it's not like you're paying dues to a club. It's not like you're uh, trying to invest in something. It's you giving first and foremost to God. And then here at this church, we're going to put the right leaders in the right position as we make decisions with those finances to further the kingdom of God. And we want to use those finances wisely to do what God has called us to do. And uh, with with that being said, we've done a lot of things this year, and we've been very blessed and very able to do some great things here at Word of Grace. And it's just been awesome. We're uh, paying down that mortgage. We're almost completely out of debt, and I'm looking for that to happen soon. And I think that'll be a wonderful step, all because of the faithfulness of people. I remember there was one uh, Sunday, I always get a little slip of paper with the attendance and the offering on it that's handed to me just so I'll know kind of what happened that day. And it, I got that piece of paper, I opened it up, and I thought that the comma was misplaced on, on the offering, because it was just so wonderful. And it come to find out that, that it was just a significant offering day. And praise God for those things. Thank God for those things. We're, we, we, we appreciate that. But I want you to also understand that your faithfulness in giving is always needed, and it's going to be needed more than ever before because of what God is doing in the church. And folks, it's not something we have to do because we're under the law. It's something we get to do because we're a part of God's family, and this is the way His kingdom works. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive, right? And when we understand that and we have that attitude in our heart, it doesn't become about me always presenting a need. It becomes about us looking at the opportunity to get to show God that we trust him with every part of our lives. Because I want you to look at your finances like this. When you get that check, you know, some of you are going, oh, buddy, I need that check because Christmas just came. I mean, nobody's going to say amen to that, I guess. But I don't want to tell you. But y'all know what I'm talking about. If y'all was really real with me, y'all really know what I'm talking about. Some people, uh, listen, here's the deal. They give you that check. That check is because you gave your employer your time. Your time is the most valuable commodity you have. Your time is your life. So you basically gave that employer your life. And because you gave them a part of your life, they reimburse you for that time by giving you money. And when you take that money and you give it to God, you give it to missions, you give it to your local church, whatever you give it to, guess what you're giving? You're not just giving money. You're giving a part of your heart, giving part of your life, giving part of who you are. So it's we're personally vested in this whenever we 
uh, given tithes and offerings, and we get to do that. We get to be a part of it. Uh, also in 2012, uh, we have expanded our staff by hiring a creative arts director, a youth director, and children's director, and recently a new worship and teaching pastor. And let me tell you, I absolutely love our staff. I'm so proud of our staff here at Word of Grace. And I just think they're first class. I think they're great. And I'm so excited about what we are going to do in uh, this coming year. And let me tell you, the, the first person I hired was our creative arts director. I did that relatively quickly when I was here. I don't think it was two, three months I was here. And I saw the need uh, and, and saw the, the heart of our creative arts director. And let me tell you, he's just been doing a fantastic job. And I'm very, very proud of him. Uh, very proud of our uh, Kids on the Move director, Cassie. You know, she's over there just tearing it up and Kids on the Move. And thank you for her leadership and her heart. And thank you for Pastor Keith leading 180 and doing a great job in connecting with our teenagers, and also connecting with our church as a whole. I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. And, and I just think it's so great that God has blessed us with such a great staff. And uh, I'm just proud of them and want to see them grow and become everything that God has for them to be. You know, uh, beyond just hiring staff, uh, we've grown in our attendance from averaging about 380 per weekend in 2011. That was our average attendance was uh, of, uh, 380 over the whole year. And just this past month, we uh, were averaging 450 on a weekend with 531 last month being the largest attended regular weekend of our church's history, uh, 531 people. I think that's just absolutely phenomenal. I, I think that that's great. And you can clap for that. It's okay. You don't have to be scared to clap for that. Uh, I, I think that's great. And what I mean by regularly attended service is that I'm saying that it's not, uh, it wasn't like Easter or, or Christmas or something, you know, that was a special service where we knew there'd be more people. It was just a regular weekend. And I just think that's just so significant because what it t shows us is that it shows us that people are hungry for God. People are hungry for his word. They're hungry for his truth. They're hungry to be with other believers in fellowship. They're hungry to connect to God. They're hungry to connect to one another. They're, they're searching for something in their life, and they're finding it, and they're growing. And, and let me tell you, more important than all of the numbers and the wonderful offerings and the attendance, man, there have been some fantastic stories and testimonies of lives changed. There, excuse me, there have just been some amazing uh, stories come out of people getting saved, people getting set free from, you know, life uh, harboring and, and holding uh, addictions. People have just been set free and walking and living in victory. And it's just been fantastic to see what all God has done. Uh, we've also in 2012 remodeled our Kids on the Move wing. Uh, and, and, you know, it looked the same way ever since it was Kids on the Move uh, here at our church. And, and we've updated and remodeled a lot of that. It doesn't look the same. We're so, uh, you know, thankful for what it was and for all of the wonderful things we had in there. And we're thankful for what it is now and moving forward and the change that have been made even in our kids on the move uh, junior classes man those things are just wonderful the changes that have been made in there they've all been progressive things that have just been absolutely fantastic I remember one service where uh, Cassie came to me and, and she said I I set out my faith chairs and uh, what we mean by that is we always try to set out a little bit more chairs than what you know uh, regularly comes uh, just to believe God for more people to come and to hear the message and she set out her faith chairs and she had to go get extra chairs in there for the kids uh, on, a, on a Sunday service. She had almost 60 kids in that room uh, one Sunday, and it was just like, wow. And I know that one weekend in Kids on the Move Junior, there were about 30 kids in there, and I know that because one of the little helpers in there came up to me and said, <laughs> So it's just fantastic. It's great. It's exciting. It, it, it's wonderful to see God moving and uh, things going well. We're uh, also redoing our missions here at the church, uh, the way that we do our missions, the way that we present missions before the church, because right now I don't think really our church is very aware of all the missionaries maybe that even we support, and we're changing all of that, and we're going to be putting it before you more often so you'll know who, is, uh, who we're supporting, because you're a part of that. And, uh, you know, our church gives regularly to a lot of different missions, both local in Sheboygan County and global all over the world. And we want to give you updates on them and let you know, uh, you know, kind of what's going on and how you can get involved and maybe even, you know, do short-term trips and different things like that. Uh, we, I know you're probably most aware of Mexico because we talk about that a lot, but we support a lot more people than Mexico, and we're going to start talking about that a lot more in 2013, but we're uh, really pleased with what all God allowed us to do this past year in our missions and just so glad uh, that we have uh, the, the ability to be able to do what we've done 
uh, there and, and thank God for that. And also we uh, see our Celebrate Recovery ministry on Thursday nights and Grief Share ministry on Thursday night has just been doing absolutely wonderful. I was able to come to quite a few services this past year and just see what God is doing and participate in some of those uh, where I was able to help with worship and help with our uh, prayer service, with the healing service. And, and uh, Pastor Mike had a few special guests in this year. And let me just tell you, I mean, I'm really proud that our church is, 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 has this CR ministry and, and that we get to minister to people on Thursday nights and our grief share have been a lot of people ministered to through that as well. It's just been fantastic and we're actually looking at uh, doing more things in 2013. Also, you may not have been aware, but Pastor Mike has been teaching people on Tuesday mornings uh, and training them uh, in ministry, training them to be counselors, training them to help with visitations and different uh, things so we can be more effective at what we do and so we can make sure that we're loving people adequately, right? And uh, I, I just appreciate him so much for stepping up and doing that. It's just been wonderful. It's been great. And one of the things that I think probably sticks out in a lot of our minds, those of you that were here, was our Easter weekend. Because on our Easter weekend, we had a, another record-breaking turnout as well. We had 632 people in attendance that weekend. And uh, that was crazy. We also ministered to our community by putting on the Easter egg explosion to the folks here in Falls and anyone else who came. And it, it was just wonderful. And thank you guys so much for everybody who helped with that because that was a big thing to pull off, man. And uh, we were just blown away with how people were just had smiles on their faces and how they were just uh, experiencing the love of God and the fact that the church cares and reaching out to others. And then the lives that were changed that Easter, man. Easter service was just powerful this year, and God was just moving on the hearts of people. And we have a video that we showed that you may or may not see, but I want to show it to you real quick just to give you a quick recap of what happened that Easter weekend. Go ahead and show that video, guys. Second one awakes his next door brother. Three awake and rise the town and turn the whole place upside down. Many awake will cause such a fuss. And finally wakes all of us. One man awakes with dawn in his eyes. Surely then it multiplies. Surely then it multiplies.
Isn't that awesome? Man, I've seen that video probably about 500 times. And it never gets old watching it because you see the goodness of God. You just see how awesome the Lord is and what He's doing in the hearts of people. And it's not about breaking records and it's not about attendance and it's not about, wow, big offerings. Although we celebrate those things and we think those things are significant and they're important and we're very proud of those things that God has blessed us and we're so grateful for those things. But folks, let me tell you what it's really about. It's really about lives being changed. It's really about hearts being changed and lives being impacted and people seeing the goodness of God demonstrated through our efforts, through our love, through our kindness, through our serving. That's why we're loving God, loving people, and serving the world. Man, when we experimented with that, that third service, we're like, let's do three services. What if nobody shows up? <laughs> you know, that's the first question that everybody asked, you know. And we were so glad we did three services because of all the people that got to hear the message that year and that got to experience the gospel and, and, and see it in a way that, that impacted their lives. Man, for eternity. You, you know, uh, let me tell you, the Bible says that some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. I don't care if I'm the planter or the water, as long as God gets the increase. Amen? Amen. As long as it's about building his kingdom, as long as we're kingdom-minded. Man, let me tell you, it's just awesome. And to move forward, guys, we got to trust in God. We got to trust that he is moving in people's lives, that he is doing great things, that he is just doing what only he can do by changing hearts. That's the one thing we can't do. We can prepare the ground. We can do our part and do our work and, 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 and step out in faith and make room. But you know, we can't change hearts. Only God can do that. And he's changing hearts. And he's doing things for people. He's doing things in lives. And people have been saved. They've been set free from life-controlling habits. They've been growing in the word. Amen? Yeah. Been growing in the word and learning how to walk in victory. And there's awesome testimonies that are happening. They're proving the faithfulness of God. And I want Angel Davidson, if you would go ahead and come, she's going to share one of those stories with us about the faithfulness and the goodness of God and what God's done in her life. Good morning, everyone. Um, this year, my husband and I decided to go on a journey to adopt a child. We have um, two biological kids, and we've done foster care for um, six years, but um, we'd never adopted and we mistakenly thought we were totally prepared because of foster care. <laughs> but when you do foster care short term like we did, you know those children aren't gonna be staying with you. So your heart is sort of prepared. When you go into foster care pre-adoptive, it's a different story. Um, you love the kids just as much, but this time around you don't know if you get to keep them or not. And having that um, uncertainty is kind of scary. Um, but we, we received um, a two-day-old baby 13 months ago and um, fell completely head over heels in love with her, of course. <laughs> and um, it's, it's been a, a, a journey for us. It's been a process. It's, um, when you do an adoption through foster care, it's considered a legal risk adoption, and that's because there's a lot that can happen or that baby will go home. And um, the chances of you adopting, no one can say, 75% chance. No one can tell you how that's going to work out. So we really just had to trust in God. We, we knew we were doing what we were supposed to be doing, and that, that's what we were called to do. But what we learned about God in that time was that doing what he was calling us to do was more important than what we got out of it. So if in the end that baby went home to a situation that we didn't want her to go back to, it didn't matter it was up to God. All that mattered was that she got what she needed from us. All that mattered was that she was loved and bonded with and treated like, we, like she had parents so that she never missed a beat. So that if she did go home, she would have already had everything she needed. And I can deal with a broken heart, but she couldn't deal with not having what she needed. So that's what God taught us. And um, he really, really blessed us with this girl. She's, she's an an amazing, amazing little girl. Um, her name is Selena, and we adopted her on December 14th. So. We changed her middle name to Joy um, because we just think it's not that often that you get to, name, get to know a child before you name them. So we thought we'd just change her middle name, and, and it reflects what she is to us. And, and she really is a joy to everybody. Um, we couldn't do what we did this year without you, without our church, and without God. 
Um, I leaned a lot on scripture because I did a lot of crying. There's a lot of times where I thought she might go home. And um, I had to be prepared for that. And I had to prepare my children for that. I had to prepare, I have a four and a six year old. They needed to know too that this might not be a forever sister. So I leaned a lot on scripture and we talked a lot to our kids. My favorite scripture is um, that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I can. So if his plan was for her to go home, then that was what he thought was best. And I was going to have to handle that. Lean not on your own understanding. Another good one. <laughs> um, so we, we ended up being very, very blessed. And right now we actually have her baby sister living with us, too, who is three months old. So they're ten months apart. I could use some prayer for sleep. <laughs> <laughs> But um, we're hoping to adopt her as well, but it's the same thing. We're going to have to go through the same process. There's already been lots of tears um, and frustration. It, it's hard to trust God for what he wants when my heart says, no, she's mine. I want this baby. But, you know, we're stewards of our children. God, God is their father. God, God's in control, and, and I have to be okay with that. And, and it's, we're, we're not amazing people. We're, we're people that just... This is what we're called to do. If we didn't have our church and if we didn't have leading from God, we couldn't, we couldn't do this. There's no way we could be doing this. So we thank you and we love you all very much. And, um, yeah, and we just, we just, I'm so grateful for this experience to be able to just be up here and tell everybody how awesome God is. I'm so glad to be able to tell everyone. Amen. Yeah. So thank you very much. Thanks, thank you. Folks, let me tell you, God is doing awesome things. He's doing awesome things in the lives of people. And, and Angel's story is awesome about the faithfulness and, and the goodness of God. And it's just one story. There, I'm sure that if we were to pass the mic around, that there would be people all over this room that could tell the goodness of God and what God has done in their lives in 2012. And let me tell you, if you're struggling right now, if you're facing a storm, if you're facing an uncertain situation right now, take courage, take heart, because God is faithful. Trust in Him. Lean not on your own understanding. Amen? You see, what I want you to catch this morning is that God is moving. And here's the thing. When God is moving, when He is doing what only He can do, our job is to prepare by faith for what He is going to do. We need to prepare. We need to make sure that we're ready. When we see God moving, when we see God doing things, make sure that we're preparing for what God is going to do. And the Bible talks about this in the book of Isaiah. I'm going to turn over there to the book of Isaiah in the 54th chapter. This prophecy here in Isaiah 54 is concerning the coming of the church. Because, see, in Isaiah 53, the prophecy had just been given about the coming Messiah. And after the Messiah came, he's going to talk about how there would be this body, there would be this uh, restoration of people that would be able to now be reconnected to God because we were disconnected because of sin. And all of this prophecy happened in Isaiah 53 and 54, where he was talking about how Christ would come, how he would be our redeemer, the prophesied Messiah. And then in 54, he talks about what's about to happen in this reconnecting of people to God. So I want you to understand that this was spoken 700 years before Jesus even came to the earth. This was this prophetic word that was given that was speaking to the church about God's people being restored from that season of being disconnected from God because of sin. So with that in mind, I'm going to read Isaiah 54 and verse 1. It says, Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right, to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither disgraced. For you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband, and the Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Now, when we see this scripture here, we understand that God was telling Israel, telling his people to make preparations because of what he was going to do. He said, listen, you need to stretch out 
You're tense. You need to strengthen your cords. You need to strengthen your stakes. You need to lengthen your cords. You need to make this thing bigger because I am going to do something that is going to cause people to be reconnected to God. There is going to be something happen that there's going to be so many people that are going to come as a result of this that all of the desolate cities, he was talking about Judea at that time, that haven't even been inhabited, that people have just considered wasteland, they didn't even live there, that they're going to fill that up because there's going to be so many people that are going to come in your house. So there's going to be so many people because of the restoration that I am going to do. And so before the restoration even happens, God gave instruction for his people to begin to make preparation. And that's the principle that you and I can glean from this is that we can understand that when God is moving and whenever he's doing what only he can do, that you and I always need to be aware and we need to be preparing by faith because we know that if God said it, he's going to do it. Amen. Because he's faithful. Understand, he was, telling the, uh, he was telling them here in the book of Isaiah that you're going to have so many children that the cities that were desolate are going to be filled. And this means to us today that God desires for his people to make preparations and trust in his timing. But it is our job to prepare. We have to prepare by faith. It's by faith. That's how we move forward. We move forward by faith. That's exactly how we get from point A to point B. We move forward. We clearly move forward by faith. That's why James 2 and 17 says that faith without works is dead. You see, we have to put legs to our words and prepare to make room for what God desires for us to do. So we have to make sure we're in line and in step with what God desires, and we have to make sure that we're making preparations. And we're just not thinking that this is just all of a sudden just going to happen just because. No, we have our part to do too. It's called stepping out by faith, making preparations for what God is going to do. Amen, somebody? You see, this is why we've been asking folks to step up more. This is why we've been going to, uh, talking about going to three services. And starting next week, it's going to be an every week thing. You know, if you showed up on a Saturday night that we weren't having Saturday night service and you thought we were, guess what? We'll be here. <laughs> we might not have been here that time that you showed up. We tried to do our best to communicate to you when we were and we're not having those services and we're sorry if we missed you. But guess what? That's not going to happen again. If you show up, we'll be here on Saturday night. Why are we doing that? Are we doing that because absolutely every seat is filled and we're packed and there's not even any elbow room at all? No, we're doing it because we're making preparations. We're doing it because we want to facilitate what God has been doing and how he's been leading and how he's been directing. And we want to make sure that we're not only in step with what he wants us to do, but when he wants us to do it. Amen? Because timing is everything, folks. We want to make sure that we're in time with God. And we know that we're in time with God when we're led by a peace that passes our understanding. It's not when we know that we've got every single one of our ducks in our own. We've got it all figured out because then we could look at ourselves and go, oh boy, aren't we smart. It requires us to trust God, stepping out in faith and saying, you know what? I'm going to move forward by faith and trust in God. That's what God asked Abram to do. Do you remember the story of Abraham? When God first spoke to him, he said, I want you to go to a land you've never been before and I want you to leave all your family behind. That's what he told him to do. Step out in faith. Watch what I'm going to do in your life. Abraham, he trusted God, but at the same time, he, he, he took his, his nephew Lot with him just because he, I, I don't want to leave everybody. He took his, and, and Lot caused a bunch of problems for Abraham. You see, when we step out in faith, we need to trust God and not lean on what's comfortable, not lean on our own security, not lean on our own understanding, but trust him that when he says something, when he is moving, when he is leading us, that he is faithful to do what he said he was going to do. It's up to us to make preparations to make room. You see, that's why we're going to need uh, folks to step up in different departments with excellence because we want to be a church that does things with excellence, right? Amen. So we want to be a church that does things with excellence. I, I mean doing things well because here's what excellence does. When you do things with excellence, it shows others that you value what you do. It shows them that you put your stamp of importance on it and you're saying, listen, what, what we do is important and I'm going to show you it's important because I'm going to do it well and I'm going to do it with excellence. 
And I know that you may be thinking to yourself, there may be some areas that may be weaker in our church, or maybe there's something that could be done better. And I'm sure there is. Folks, we're not, we're not perfect. We're trying to you know, uh, uh, get things uh, better, and, and, and we're trying to grow in those different areas. That's why in our staff meetings, we spend a lot of time talking about all the different things of the Sunday service or of an event or whatever may have happened and how we can do it better. And we just break it down, and we exhaust it, and we wear it out. Why? Because we want to do it better and we want to do it with excellence. You don't know how many conversations, hours upon hours of conversations we have had about coffee, donuts, and pizza. <laughs> you just don't even know. I don't, I don't even want to talk about it right now, really. I'll tell you, this is how bad that they, they got. We, we've, talked, we've talked about it so much in our staff meetings that uh, Trenton, he, he came on staff uh, uh, to, to help out with graphics and things uh, a few weeks ago. And so he started coming to staff meetings. His very first staff meetings, he brought up coffee and donuts, and everybody started throwing things at him. That's <laughs> how bad it was because we're like, he, he just, just started throwing things at him. Come on, man. But listen, folks, uh, why do we talk about those things over and over? Why do we have those conversations and, and, and break apart all of those little things? Because we want to do it well. Because, yeah, there may be times when we forget this or we forget that or, or where something may not be as strong as it needs to be, and we want to figure it out. We want to figure out what's best. It's not just some snap decisions we made just to make everybody mad. We think about these things. We pray about these things. We discuss these things as a staff, as leaders. And we want to make sure that we're in step with what would be best for the whole. And we believe it's part of our ministry philosophy that what is best for the whole is best for the individual. It's what we believe. And so we try to make decisions. Very, we, we don't just go out there and just do things just to do it. Or just, to, oh, let's see how they're going to react to this. It's not a game to us. We take this very seriously. And so because of that, we want to do what we do with excellence. And that takes us stepping up, stepping out in faith, trusting God. That takes us seeking God, making sure that we're in line with His will, with what He wants us to do. Amen? Amen. And thank God for everyone who serves in this church. And, and thank you for volunteering and for giving of your time. And just the other night, we had a band practice. It was kind of a, 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 a later deal because we normally practice on Tuesday, but Tuesday was Christmas, so we decided to move it back. And man, even during the busyness, the band still showed up to practice last night just so we could work on things to present the, the worship in, in a way that would be presented in excellence so we can worship God together free of distraction. And we can worship God together with excellence. Because we're showing what we do is important. What we do here matters because God matters, because Jesus Christ is important to us. Amen? Amen. Thank you for those of you who go and you serve and, and, and you make sure that everybody has coffee and you make sure that all that is prepared and clean. You know, that's a job back there. And, and, and it's free. You ever think about that? It's free. You guys are acting like you didn't know. <laughs> the, the, the coffee is free. And... and, and and we have those things because we just want to have that convenience and that nice thing to be able to bless you. That's why if, if maybe they're out of your particular kind of coffee or, or your creamer or something like that, don't get upset. Don't chew them out. You can let them know that it's not there, and they're probably aware of that, but, but, but don't be ugly to them. Let them know, hey, I, I appreciate this. I appreciate this. And that person is volunteering. That person is volunteering. They're giving of their time to make sure that we could have those things back there for us to enjoy. And we should count those things an honor and a privilege and, and not get so accustomed to it that we begin to have poor attitudes. We need to make sure we appreciate people. When, when someone opens the door for us, man, that person got here early. That person was ready with a smile on their face. You don't know what was going on in their car on the way. They have stuff going on in their car just like you got stuff going on in yours. <laughs> just because they're a greeter in the church doesn't mean they're exempt from those conversations. But yet they still show up and try to get their heart and their attitude in the right place so you can be greeted and welcomed to this church properly in a way that would be excellent. Think about that. Think, think about that. Think about that when God is, what he's putting on your heart to do in the church, to serve, to step up. Because it's going to take faith. It's going to take us stretching, stretching our tents. It's going to take us lengthening our cords, strengthening our stakes, stepping up to the plate and doing things that God has called us to do so we can make room for what he is doing because we believe that what we do is important and not just to do it to fill a slot but to do it with excellence right 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 right, right. amen yeah don't don't say it again pastor we got it 
And here's the deal. You, know, you guys know that we have Danny Cahill coming, the guy that won The Biggest Loser. We've been playing that video like crazy. Like, you know, and, and we're super excited about it. And, uh, and next week, there's going to be some ways to lengthen our cords and strengthen our stakes together. And I want to share a few of those with you. But I, I just want to, I, I want you to get your mind around this for just a second. I didn't realize how big of a deal that bringing in Danny Cahill would be until I started getting phone calls and emails from people I don't know asking me if they can help us advertise it. Okay, I got emails from people asking me to be able to advertise, and, and, and I'm like, I don't even know who this is. And, and, and I got an email from the radio station uh, that they heard we were doing this event. And the radio station said, can we call Danny Cahill, and can we interview him, and we'll play it for free on our radio stations. For free. Four, four different radio stations that were connected with this one uh, email. I said, oh, Yes. People are wanting to advertise for us for free, folks. I mean, that's pretty cool, right? People are excited. I, I know that at the gym that I work out at, that there's probably at least uh, 20 people that I know that are coming from that gym. And most of those people, most of those people don't go to church or haven't been to church in a very long time. So we need to be aware that when people start coming for this event, that there's going to be a lot of people who may not have been to church in a while. And we want to make sure that when they come to Word of Grace, that they experience the true love of God through me and you. Amen? That we treat them right. That we love on people. Like we always should every week. And that we make that effort to make sure that someone feels welcome and warm. So you know what I'm talking about? When people come to church and they got that deer in the headlights look. You know that when they walk in, they go like this. They go. Guess what? That person's probably new. Just a heads up. And you know, a, a greeter may be busy or, or one of our ushers may be busy talking to someone else. And if you are, are here and you see that person that looks like they're lost, especially if they've got little children and, 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 and they're trying to keep little Johnny and Susie quiet and they're just looking around and don't know where to go, go up to them and say, hi, I, I, are, is this your first time here? And they may say yes or they may say, no, no I've, I've been coming for a while, but if they tell you it's their first time here, you can say, well, well, can I help you with anything? Or can I take you to somebody who could maybe help you? Because maybe you don't have all the answers, but guess what? There's plenty of people that do know where to take the kids and how to check them in. If you could just make those little extra steps and be aware of that, you know how far that would go with somebody that you stepped out of your way to make sure that they knew where something as simple as the restrooms were? Because people are going to want to go to the bathroom. <laughs> it happens. And people are going to mainly want to know where the restrooms are and, and, and where do I take my children. Oh, yeah, we have a great kids, uh, kids program going on. We, we've got, this is this age over here, and you can just take them over there and just make sure you're aware of people. If there's someone that looks lost, let me, uh, you know, let me show you where things are. This is where the sanctuary is. This is, you know, over here, guest services. They'll help you get some information that you may need and walk them over there. Introduce yourself. Just be friendly and warm and loving and welcome, as we always should be. But I want us to be aware that there will be people who have never been in church before or haven't been in a very long time. And even if they have been in church in a while, they probably haven't been in a church like ours. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing at all. Absolutely. That deserves a hand clap because that's a, that's a good thing. Because we're proud of our church. We're proud of what God is doing and, 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 and how we're able to present the gospel in the way that we do. We, we're grateful for those things. So be extremely warm and welcome. Also, you can help us out by inviting people to come. Man, we're going to send an email out this week with a graphic in it that you can email to everybody uh, that you know. And you can post on Facebook and all those wonderful things. But also, there's some bring invitations out there. You can grab those and invite people. Man, there, nothing means more than a personal invite. And uh, so, so just make sure you tell your coworkers, your friends, your family members, invite them to come out. And uh, here's another thing you can do to help us out. Get here early and go ahead and get your kids checked in, okay? That's going to help us out a lot. If you could go ahead and do that, because there's going to be a lot of first-time registrations of new kids for our kids on the move and things like that. And man, you would help us out a lot if you could get here early and go ahead and get your kids checked in. Uh, that would be so great, and we would appreciate that. Uh, if you are volunteering, I'm going to ask you to do this. We're also going to send an email out about this as well, and, and we're going to contact you uh, with a little bit more detail. But we're going to actually ask our volunteers and anyone else who wants to as well to park over at the municipal building in Falls. Go ahead and park down there and walk in the snow all the way to church. No, I'm kidding. 
No, I, but we are going to provide a shuttle back and forth to shuttle you so that way we can free up parking. Because here's the deal, folks. As wonderful as our church is, uh, we are very limited uh, logistically with our parking. We only have 110 parking spaces, and that is including the ones on the sides of the streets, okay? And most of the time, you have a hard time finding a parking space. A lot of times, especially in between that first service and second service transition, it's going to be pretty wild during that transition. Saturday night, I'm sure it will be fine. And Sunday, second service, uh, I'm sure will be fine. But that transition, there's going to be a lot of cars moving in and out. And man, if we didn't have those cars just sitting there, if they could park, uh, all of our volunteers could park at the municipal building, man, that would help us out a lot. And we'll make sure we shuttle you back and forth. And if there's anyone else that wants to help free up some parking spaces by parking down there, that, that sure would be great. And we would appreciate that. So make sure you keep that in mind. We'll be sending out more details in the email this week. Um, okay, you ready? Touch your neighbor and say, help me, Jesus. There will be no coffee or donuts that week. <laughs> because of the large crowd that we're expecting. So please don't complain and please understand. Uh, that, that's all I ask. As the pastor, please, please just understand and, and don't complain because I promise you the coffee will be back next week. You guys, I'm so proud of you because you responded so much better than first service. Give yourself a pat on that. Those guys, there were people like passing out, falling out of their chairs. There were people that were just writhing going, no, no, no. It was insane. But you guys did so much better, so I'm real proud of you. Thank you for being that level-headed second service. We're going to have to work on those first service people, aren't we, about that coffee? <laughs> I guess you guys are already awake, maybe, at 1045, and the 845ers may need that little boost, and they're like, no, no. So, uh, but anyways, anyways. Uh, if, if you can, come to, uh, come to one service and then serve in two, or serve in one if you can. We would appreciate you uh, serving wherever you can because we can always use extra help. But here's the deal. If you're willing to help somewhere during this event and you're not scheduled, I have a sign-up sheet out there at guest services that you can sign up on and we'll help find an area maybe where you could serve or maybe an area where uh, you could help out just for that weekend and that would be great. So make sure you go by guest services after church and sign, sign up. And if you haven't ever filled out a volunteer app, that would be, be a great time to do that as well. Try to arrive early and if you're serving, man... It would help us out so much if you were on time. And here is the most important thing that we can all do. We can all pray. Amen? Amen. Because there's going to be a lot of unsaved and disconnected people. So we need to pray. This is a great opportunity to show how awesome our God is, how much we love Him, how much we love people, and how much, because of that love, we're committed to serving the world. So let's showcase our God, and let's showcase Word of Grace, His church, with excellence this next weekend. Amen? Amen. And here's the one thing I want you to remember. Never limit God. Don't limit God. The temptation will be to say, well, this and well, that and well, this. Well, what if this and what if that? We can play that game all day long and it will keep us from moving forward because it will hinder us from truly trusting God because we're always worried about what's not going to happen or what God is not going to do. Folks, let's take the limits off of God because He is a limitless God, right? We need to get rid of those limitations of what God can do in Sheboygan Falls, what He can't do or what He won't do in our lives. We need to start asking what can God do and what will He do when we align ourselves with His plan and His word and His will. What will God do? What will He do? What can He do? He can do anything, folks. So we're going to trust Him for anything and everything and just believe that our steps are ordered of the Lord. We've seen great things in 2012, but I believe that what God wants to do in 2013 is going to be better than anything we've ever seen, anything we've ever dreamed. And, I, and here's what I mean by that. I'm not talking about a bunch of record breaking and things like that. I want you to understand this is what I'm talking about. I see us growing deeper in our love for God by growing deeper in His Word, deeper and more free in our worship and our trust in Him. We're going to grow in loving people by connecting relationally and by growing together in a spirit of unity. We're going to serve the world by giving of our time, giving of our efforts and our resources to be a blessing to someone else. And we're going to learn truly what it means to be more blessed to give than it is to receive. So word of grace, we're moving forward together as a church and in our own individual lives. So let's not limit God. Let's trust him and let's follow his leading wherever he wants us to go. Can you agree with that? Can you move forward with that? Clearly moving forward, trusting in the Lord that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. 
You know, when you're a little kid and it's Christmas time, you're always wondering, what am I going to get? What am I going to get? What am I going to get? And then when you become an adult and you have kids of your own, you're more excited, not about what you're going to get, but you're more excited about what you can give, what your kids are going to get because of your giving. It's the same way as our growth and our maturity as believers in Christ. When we first get saved, man, we're excited to get to church, and, it's, and church is all about what we can get, and we just want to get, 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 get. But folks, as we grow in our walk with the Lord, we need to understand that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And we understand not only are we here to receive, but we're also here to give. Amen? We're here to give of ourselves because we understand that there's someone that was where we were when we first came to Christ. And now it's our turn to give. And as we give, we're still renewed. That joy of our salvation is stirred up and we're so excited and passionate about the Lord because we're seeing others come to Christ as we're growing and maturing and as we're still receiving. But we understand that it's time for us to give as well. Folks, I, I'm, I'm so grateful to be your pastor so grateful to be a part of this great church and be a part of what God is doing in this area and all over the world. And it's only going to get better. It's only going to get better. It's only, we're only going to go further and, and, and get closer to, and closer and closer in step with exactly what God has us do. So with that being said, would you just bow your heads this morning because I want to ask you something before we leave this place. I want to ask you, is there anybody in this place that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because you don't want to leave this place today after hearing a message about the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. You don't want to leave this place not knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You do not want to leave this place having not made that decision. So I want to know that you're here. I want you to let me know that you're here. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to let me know you're here by lifting up your hand and putting it back down. Is there anybody in this place? I see that hand. Anybody else in this place? I see that hand. Anybody else? There's no shame in this. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to simply acknowledge that you are in need of Jesus this morning. Maybe you've been far away from God. Maybe you just haven't been living your life close to Him and you feel disconnected. And you say, I, I'm, I'm ready to make that serious commitment today to make Jesus my Lord. Not just my Savior, but my Lord, the leader of my life. If that's you, raise your hand as well. Just let me know you're here anybody in this place today see that hand you can put it back down church would you help me out and just pray this morning as we are so grateful for what God has done let's welcome Christ into our lives today maybe for the very first time say Jesus I welcome you into my heart I thank you for saving me thank you for dying on the cross for me I ask you to forgive me of my sin make me right with God Thank you for being the Lord of my life. I'll follow you from this day forward and never look back. I'm moving forward with you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you look back up here? You said that prayer.